0: noticing a trend about people wanting to join protests, uh, new fads that are coming out, um, join social media sites um, like Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, that kind of stuff. It's because I believe that people want to be a part of something greater than themselves. They think there's more out there than just the life that they're living. And they're trying to find that in all these different avenues and venues, and they want to be right in the middle of it. They don't want to be on the sidelines. They want to be front and center, and they want the attention on themselves. And I felt like that when I was growing up as well. Um, I felt like I needed to be a part of something, something bigger than I was, because this isn't all there is. I guarantee that. And I didn't have any idea... Or any way of getting that so that's why we as people we follow our favorite TikToker we join health clubs we join a summer beer league because we want something greater we want to feel that social interaction that release of serotonin inside your brain that says I'm happier increases our mental health and the people of Israel in Acts 2 they knew that I didn't think they were quite ready for what was about to happen to them, though, and as I get into the book of Acts, we'll see just how marvelous this is. It starts with the risen king Jesus, and he spends about 40 days with his disciples. They're instructing them, they're teaching them about the kingdom of God and promising that the Spirit, Spirit the Holy Spirit, will come. And it mentions in 1 Corinthians that over 500 people actually seen and talked with Jesus after his resurrection from the dead. Imagine being one of those people. There's only 500. Like, I know the population wasn't as great back then, but 500 people. Like, I would, I would pay money for that concert, right? Wouldn't you? I, I would. I'd pay a lot of money, but I, it's free, so you probably just show up, so save your money. But, uh... Jesus told the apostles and uh, the other disciples to wait in Jerusalem, to wait in a building for the Holy Spirit to come when Jesus ascended to heaven. So in Acts 1, 4-8 describes them waiting in anticipation. They're ready to live this story, their story. They are gathered to celebrate the annual holy day of Pentecost. And it was the morning of the feast of Pentecost seven weeks after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and there was curiosity, there was uncertainty, there was fear. At this point, a lot of people thought they were just stories, stories that got developed and spread. Religious leaders scoffed at the idea of Jesus Christ being sacrificed and raising from the dead. Jesus' disciples knew very well the truth. They did not doubt it one bit. And in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus ascended to heaven, but before he did, he said to the apostles after he was asked a question, Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be a witness in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. From here, Jesus taken up before their very eyes. A cloud hid him from their sight. This is an image drawn from the book of Daniel in chapter seven, where Daniel has visions or dreams of the four beasts. It shows how Jesus being enthroned as the Son of Man, promising to return one day. Jesus' followers waited for the feast at Pentecost, and it wasn't just the Jewish nation; it was the Gentiles waiting there. They Congregated to this city for the big festivity, the feast. Of course, I would go for the food because they didn't know what was about to happen. And they're sitting in this room and they're waiting for the promise that Jesus gave them. And all of a sudden, this wind was more than just a simple furnace kicking in. This wind rushed through the building. And when I pictured this wind, I picture a divinely holy wind. Like this isn't just a. I mean, like it's blowing hats off. Like these people are riding in a convertible. Their hair is waving in the wind. Their hats are flying off. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon them. This is the promise that these disciples and the apostles was waiting for. In order to see the auth- what the author is saying about the wind and the flames that were above their heads, we have to go back to the Old Testament and define the images there. The wind and fire is a direct illusion about God's glorious, fiery presence filling the tabernacle and the temple. It also connected to the prophetic promises that God would live by the Spirit in the new new temple in Jerusalem. So in Acts, God's fiery presence comes to dwell, but not in a building, not in a building like this, but within the people, within God's people. We came little mobile temples, not just the offspring of Abraham, but all Gentiles alike. Like this was the start of the church. And as the title says, the church was unleashed. Because it wasn't only the 12 tribes of Israel spreading the gospel. We invited everybody into the church, into the community. And the Holy Spirit came upon them and they ventured outwards. And I'm going to tell you right now. No, I'm not going to tell you right now. I'll save that for the next paragraph. (laughs) Um, But the people understood perfectly. Oh, wait. Wait. I am really lost. Break? No. They're speaking and telling stories about God's mighty deeds. They're speaking all these languages when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They didn't know these languages before, but they understood it perfectly. This was to understand that the gift of power, the gift of the Holy Spirit that was promised by Jesus, it's another gift that was given to us. Like we have so many gifts within the Bible scattered throughout Scripture. We have Psalms 23. He leads me beside still waters and restores my soul. Ephesians 6. He gives us armor for protection. His presence preserves us from evil. John 14. Christ is preparing a place for us in his Father's house. Romans, the body of Christ first john eternal life forgiveness of sins you go into first peter philippians hebrew proverbs they're all talk about gifts that was given to us and i don't deserve any of these gifts i could come forward and tell you that but these gifts were given to us and i'm not going to tell you right now that the energizer bunny has nothing to do with these gifts that was given to us by the lord and savior but it keeps going and going and going. And you can, I could can see the Lord above saying, and you get a gift, and you get a gift, and you get a gift. And Oprah's like, I think that's my line, isn't it? No, nobody Okay, watches Oprah. The difference that the Holy Spirit makes in the lives of those that are, are filled is immeasurable. The same weak Peter who only a few weeks, denied Jesus three times out of cowardness and consequences, stood and spoke powerfully about the life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And before, he wasn't able to do this. But the Holy Spirit came upon him, gave him the, the strength, gave him everything he needed to tell the masses about this amazing story. And that day, 3,000 people became believers. 3,000. Like, I hope that in my whole life that I bring one person to believe. And he did that in a single day. A single day. Imagine what he can do in 10 days, in one month, in a lifetime with the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter rose and spoke the power of the Holy Spirit. He, the sermon explained the profound significance of what was actually happening. It was a sermon that launched the church of God. And I'm not talking about a falling star, something that we see every day. This church, that, this community of God, unleashed at that point. The Holy Spirit poured out. Poured. Not sprinkled... Not misted with the water gun. Not dampened or dipped. I mean, poured out. The Holy Spirit poured out on the people of God. It's just absolutely amazing. I could just see like a waterfall come over and the people standing below and they're drowning in the Holy Spirit. Luke is saying, which is the author of Acts and Luke, um, he's saying that the new temple, temple promised by the prophets, is Jesus' new covenant family, the people of Jesus. God always wanted to use the unified family of Abraham to bring peace and justice to the world. Unfortunately, the tribes have scattered and became distanced from each other, but here at the Pentecost, the tribes gathered together once again and became the restored people of Israel. He would unify all the tribes under the messianic king. And now the good news could be spread to the nations and to the ends of the world. And when the word got out that these tribes were together, thousands responded. Thousands. Just absolutely amazing. They promised of power, the promise of blessing, the promise of transformation within yourself. It was a promise of the Holy Spirit working in and through every church, every believer, every day, all to the glory of God. God knew the temple consists of people. They're meeting together in homes all over Jerusalem. They're approaching life in a whole new way. A lot of people were visitors of Jerusalem, and they were forming new families in Christ. They became Jesus-like people, doing Jesus-like things, all under the direction of the apostles and under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And I think we need to be more Jesus-like people doing Jesus-like things. Imagine if every Christian had more love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I can go on and on. Do you think... Do you know who you'd be more like? Jesus. And that's not a bad thing. God wants his character reflected in you so that you can remind people of Jesus and draw them near him. The Holy Spirit established his presence among the people of God. And I'm sure it's frightening for the church. Very unpredictable, you bet. Spontaneous, no question uncontrollable, fasten your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy ride. It was a paradox of feelings that would take your breath away. They had the gospel of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. They were filled to the overflowing brim, uh, spilling out into the streets to turn the world upside down. The effective eyewitness of the disciples the powerfulness in service, the people of the presence alive and untamed. As the apostles and the disciples did, we need to preach Christ. We need to teach Christ. We need to travel the world for Christ, cast out evil spirits by Christ. We need to eat Christ, sleep Christ, Every day we need to live Christ. They gave up their entire lives for Christ to the point of dying for Christ. I want that. And I bet all of you guys want that. Full of Christ are the times when we are most alive in this life. Oh, I was contemplating joy recently and I came to a realization that I'm most joyful when I'm aware that Christ is present in me. The most wonderful moments in my life Come when Jesus uses my eyes to see people, my ears to hear their cries, my voice to bring their comfort, my hands to touch, my voice to teach, my feet to go, and my heart to love. When he is moving through me, I feel most like me because I was created to be in him. More of him through me releases more of the real me. This is how people who were filled with the Holy Spirit felt. And it still continues to this day. The Pentecost is working out in Acts, tells us there is something more, something greater, something bigger than us. And we could only find that within the Christian community. The Christian community is called the church. We are called out of our former lives into a new community. Be a part of the church being unleashed, just because we are 2,000 later, 2,000 years later, doesn't mean our job on earth is done. In the book of Acts, it describes the life of the first Christian community. All who believed were together and shared all co- things in common, sold their possessions, goods, distributed them all as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day. Those were, who were being saved. In this most intimate sense, the church, wherever two or three are gathered, is in the name of Christ. Whether universal or gathering of two or three, um, is a community of people. So when the Holy Spirit came upon us, it created the church. And we only need two or three in congregation to be considered a church because the church is the people. It's the bride of Christ. And Paul puts it, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. It's not all parts of the body of Christ. The church have the same function, but all the members of one another are suffering together And rejoicing together. It could be so tempting as the church to want to unreach that overreach into other countries where poverty exists, unlike our country here. And uh, we need to start doing our work here in our country so that we can spread the gospel, we can have the Holy Spirit work through us so that we're able to go do mission elsewhere. And we need to be aware of the different cultures that we're going to be stepping into as well. Because not all of us have the same background and stuff. So we need to make sure that we listen to the Holy Spirit so that we're able to connect to everybody out there. As I was preparing the sermon today, I was reflecting on how the Holy Spirit is working within us today within myself, how we are able to advance the church, God's community, the Holy Spirit resides in each and every one of us. Even before you knew the, of, of the Holy Spirit, we are grafted in to be the story. I haven't always been a Christian, but I have found that the Holy Spirit is always in me. Even when I didn't know right from wrong, I knew that there was God himself was telling me the difference between right and wrong and I feel that if I'm about to do something wrong and I got this thing in the side of in the back of my head or in my mind that says don't do that I'm getting a little anxious about it it's probably the Holy Spirit some people call it your subconscious mind or angel and devil on your back but I think it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us and we need to listen to that because he has given this gift to us and if we're not listening then this gift is wasted. And we are all being guided to live this story. We are able to unleash the church so we can live that story that the apostles and the disciples did in the book of Acts. The same way Paul did, the same way Peter did with his sermon, the same way the 12 tribes of Israel did. So that being said, let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the gifts that you have given us. For your Son, the Holy Spirit, and for you, Lord. We do not deserve any of it, but through your grace and mercy it is offered. We thank you for the riches you have inherited as God's children. We thank you that by your grace and mighty power, we have been given the privilege of serving you. We have given... We have been given the power to spread the good news of the endless treasures of knowing you. And we ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to overcome us, make us worthy vessels for your service. We ask that you are able to speak in tongues so that all people can hear your message. Through your power and guide your words as we share your gospel throughout the world. Guide your words as we build your church here locally and to the ends of the earth. Please give us strength, like Peter, to stand tall and bring the people to you. For those that do not feel your presence, that do not feel the Holy Spirit, that you make it accessible to them, and make them have a strong impression on their heart, so that they are able to see the glory of your word. And to guide us so that we can be receptive to your living word. And I pray all this in your name, Lord. Amen.